Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Ashley Swengler, who's the International and Out-of-State Admissions Specialist at the University of California, Riverside. Ashley, how are you today? And thank you so much for being here with us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, John. The pleasure is all mine. A warm California welcome from us <laughs> at UC Riverside. I am so happy to be here and talk things all UC, UCR, and admissions with you today. Well, that is fantastic. And we are so excited to have you here today. So Ashley, let's start by asking about you. Tell us about yourself. How long have you been an admissions counselor and how did you end up in such a position? Well, perfect. I know I appreciate that you start off this way because I feel like we're always talking about our schools. So it's sometimes <laughs> great to get to know that there's a human behind the application <laughs> reader or presenter. Um, so yeah, I was born and raised in uh, the Southeast actually and made my way up to the Northeast after graduating. I'm a College of Charleston graduate. My major was arts management. Um, so for those of y'all who are thinking about very interesting majors, looks like you can do anything <laughs> with it. Um, so I've been in admissions now. This is going to be my ninth cycle, which is crazy. Wow. I can't believe that personally. Um, I was at a small private school as an admissions director. as my kind of first admissions role. So recruiting students both um, locally and internationally to come to the U.S., which was really cool. It's how I did, went, took my first trip to China. And I had been kind of in international admissions ever since. Um, then I was at a small liberal arts college. And now I am regionally based for UCR here in Allentown, Pennsylvania area. So really excited to um, help students mobilize from the Northeast specifically out to the West Coast. And I am also one of those people. I, I was just telling you before, like I enjoy so much going to Southern California. So this is like my dream job. I get to do admissions <laughs> uh, for a school that I love in an area that I just want more and more people to experience. So it's been a great career so far and I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. 
<laughs> well, I can't blame you. I've been to Southern California quite a few times myself, and you just can't beat the climate and the beauty of California. So we appreciate that introduction, Ashley. Thank you so much. Ashley, I was curious, the University of California, what could you tell us about the system? I know that there's multiple schools, and it's a little different than just any other school because, like I said, there's multiple schools. So any insight, any overview that you could give on the University of California in general would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Um, we certainly, as a system, love talking about ourselves because it's so unique in kind of the grand scheme of college admissions nationally. Um, the University of California is made up of nine sister schools. Um, you probably have heard of UCLA, UC Berkeley. Those are some of our more famous campuses, sure. but we of have course. locations spanning northern to southern California. So a, there's something for everybody in terms of geographic region, whether you kind of want that more like Redwoods vibe, um, you know, nature at Davis or the beach by Santa Barbara. I mean, there's really something <laughs> or the really cool kind of like L.A. Palm Springs vibe that we have at Riverside with mountains and palm trees. You can really study anywhere. Um, we're kind of like our own little world out there on the West Coast. I'm sure our West Coast listeners are nodding their heads right now. Um, but we also are all known for different things. Um, so depending on what your major is, you might want to look into the different campuses and see what we can offer you as well. And I know we'll talk a little bit about what makes UCR special in a moment, but that would be kind of my recommendation of navigating um, the system. And also we uh, operate under the same admissions requirements as well. So we have our own application because dare to be different again. Um, so you will hear a lot in this podcast just about what that means and some tips and strategies for that particular application, as well as um, I think just the admissions requirements being kind of more state of the art. We were one of the first systems to really go for the test-free policy indefinitely. Um, you know, there have wow. been a lot of test optional schools out there for a long time. I used to work at a liberal arts college that was test optional since the early 90s. So this is not a new thing whatsoever, but really for the University of California to go test-free for, for the foreseeable future is pretty historic and certainly is setting the tone, I think, for more to announce and, and follow in those footsteps. So definitely exciting. I know for myself was not the best test taker. So really, I think I, I feel for those students that uh, breathe a sigh of relief um, with this process. And certainly that's what we're trying to do for folks is just making the process more accessible um, and, and with the time that we're living in right now. Well, we appreciate that overview, and it's very interesting that UC is, in fact, test-free, and it really sounds with all of the sister schools that you truly have something for everyone. So let's get right to it, though. What is it about UCR, the University of California, Riverside, that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Absolutely. Well, now being an unofficial proud Highlander, I have a lot to brag about here. Um, but I know I'll go straight into the academics because I feel like, you know, that's pretty, 
I think a common thread between the UC schools is that we are known for academic rigor and we are known for just preparing students for that next step in in their journey, whether that's kind of continuing on with school or a powerhouse career. That's something that we're known for internationally. But at UC Riverside, we have an extremely cool founding. We're actually founded back in um, kind of the the 40s and 50s as a citrus research station. Um, So we were in charge of developing citrus varieties and um, cuties and halos. Uh, You're familiar with those. Um, You probably had them in your lunchbox, students. We are (laughs) responsible for that citrus variety. So anytime now that you dive into a halo, I hope that you think of us (laughs) at UCR. Um, But that's kind of really that plant biology, agriculture is how we got our start. And so certainly STEM now at UCR is just booming. And we have so many cool niche programs that students, I hope you kind of dive into if this is something that's your wheelhouse, really take a look at UCR. Um, Whether it is more of that engineering route, um, we actually have seven different engineering majors within our College of Engineering um, to include one of my favorite clubs at UCR, our Formula One race car club. So mechanical engineers, (laughs) this is like for you. We actually build and race our own cars (laughs) at UCR. Pretty phenomenal. Um, But, you know, even just our own medical school. So students in biology, um, this would be a great um, opportunity for you to continue your education at UC Riverside, but also what we're most famous for in the world. This is going to be so cool, John, for you to hear this. We are number <laughs> two in the world for entomology, which wow. is the study of insects, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because we <laughs> were founded, you know, doing agriculture, building up these citrus crops. We still have a grove that has literally two of every kind of tree, like 2000 varieties of citrus. So we're really doing oh a lot to God. protect. That includes um, infestations of insects, um, kind of leveraging insects to kind of do more of that um, research on crime scenes. You kind of maybe have seen the um, show Bones. There's a forensic forensic entomologist on that show. So I always bring up that as an example of a career path, but really cool research going on at UCR in terms of that. We're also the only UC to have a creative writing major. Um, So even though we are well known for being a STEM school, we also have half of our majors dedicated to humanities, arts, and social sciences. The flexibility of being undeclared, um, which in the UC system can sometimes be hard to come by. So we're really excited about that opportunity for students. Um, also, if I had to talk about one more program really quickly, it would be our School of Business. Um, we are one of the only UCs to have a dedicated School of Business with over seven different concentrations, as well as a new major, actuarial sciences. So we're pretty stoked (laughs) about that. Um, But also we're ranked in the top 5% of business schools around the world. So it's really an amazing opportunity, not just from the the prestige and stature of the school itself, but the location is amazing. Um, We're in the fastest growing area of Southern California. So, you know, we just had recently Amazon be interested in us in doing kind of a day of recruitment of 
all different kinds of disciplines. So we're really getting recognition from major companies of having just a strong program, again, really preparing those students for that next phase that they're going into. Um, I will say too, uh, for UCR, um, it's of course about academics, but it's also about that living and learning experience. Um, Of course, being in Southern California, you're going to be outside and we'll talk a little bit more about just those fun activities. But I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the school spirit. And it's not in that traditional sense of, of course, we have division one sports teams. We're actually going to talk about athletics later on in the podcast, but we have a love for the school that is very strong. Um, So whether students or athletes are really into our multicultural groups, we're actually the most diverse UC campus as well by far. Um, We're Hispanic serving institutions. So our rallying around affinity groups for students is huge. Um, Each Wednesday, we have a day called Our Day, which is our spirit day dedicated to wearing UCR gear. You'll see we are the Highlanders. Um, And basically, (laughs) that was a mascot kind of dreamed up because we are the highest elevation. Um, We have a mountain close by that has the highest California sea in the UC system on top of a mountain, which (laughs) if you're researching UCs, you'll see we all have kind of that landmark somewhere on our campus so we have all scottish theming you'll see tartans everywhere it's very very interesting to see that juxtaposed with like the hot california (laughs) weather but students love it and we have um for that day a little block party around our main bell tower in campus students will be tabling whether it's the greek life or athletics, student activities and organizations. There'll be food that's being sold, student DJs and bands. We do that every Wednesday during the academic year. And it's just a great time for students to show that they love UCR and being there. Um, So I do find that it has that staunch school spirit that I'm used to over here in the Northeast (laughs) and even Southeast, like where I grew up. But it, 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 it doesn't have that laid back California atmosphere all the time. Like students are just really excited to be there and into it. (laughs) And it's a great blend. And I think it speaks to a lot of the different backgrounds where our students are coming from. So I know that was a pretty long answer, but there's a lot that's exciting (laughs) about UCR. And I definitely, as much as we have those strong academics, I think that strong community is something that happens within the classroom and of course, outside the classroom as well. Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. As an affiliate partner with Prep Sportswear, the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners. And now, back to the show. Well, we appreciate that answer. And you talk about the strong academics and, of course, the diversity, the sense of a strong community. Those are all tremendous things that really make it clear that UCR has something for everyone Ashley, what more can you tell us about life on campus 
outside of the classroom? Yeah, students just love to be involved. Um, they're not shy at even participating in kind of the residential activities. Um, about 75% percentages of our students coming in as freshmen live on campus. So that is going to be something that is a huge community builder for students right away. You're going to see floor activities, themed events for the dorms. And this is just something that is pretty standard coming in and our students love to be involved in that. Then it trickles down, you know, we have 600 clubs and activities. So like I said before, there's really something for everyone. I personally think our music program has such a great representation of who our students are. I just want to run through a couple of these clubs for you really quick. Um, we have everything from a mariachi band to a taiko drum group, a bagpipe pep band, of course, for Ooh. the sporting <laughs> events. Um, so there's really something, again, for, for everyone, but it's a true representation of of who our students are as well. Um, in fact, Costo Hall, which is home to our affinity groups, it's a brick and mortar space where many of our students' groups actually have an office and meeting space that they can congregate and get excited and learn together is right in the center of our campus, um, which is pretty unique as well. Um, so that's an area that you'll see a lot of students going to and from. But I think also it's all about that indoor and outdoor living in Southern California. So our students just love to be outside. Um, we have a couple of pools, swimming pools on campus with lounge chairs. So it's not just for like swimming laps. Our students oh, wow. actually, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Our students have a, a lazy river at the rec center. They can kind of lounge oh, in. Um, so, awesome. But we want you to have that experience as, as a right. Highlander of like learning that work-life balance of having, you know, a great life outside of the classroom. But our students are also gritty. They're go-getters. I think a lot of our students take advantage of having such strong faculty mentors, of getting into the research, internships, um, even just seeking advice from their advisors. Um, you know, when you talk to a lot of our tour guides, which I have, um, they're always talking about their faculty and how much they mean to them. So I think that's something too, that those academics follow them outside of the classroom. And it's not competitive in the sense where students feel like they need to burn the midnight oil because they have to make it and it's so tough. <laughs> and of course, it's going to be a challenge. It's that next step up for you in college, right? But I think our students just really take pride in their work, generally speaking, at UCR, and they're just hungry for more. So I would say that you'll see that as a common theme um, with our students as well, is that they're just really excited to keep going because they love what they do. Well, it's clear that students take pride in UCR and that you as well, Ashley, are doing the same thing. I love hearing you explain all of the great things that you offer both inside of your classrooms and beyond. So we really appreciate it. I was also curious, demonstrated interest. That's something that we talk about a lot in the podcast. What are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest to UCR? And do you, in fact, use it in any way as part of your overall application process? I truly appreciate this question, John, because I feel like even in my own experience of working in different places, it means so many different things to so many different schools. And it can be very confusing as a student and, and family going through this process to go like, how much do I need to do in order to be successful? So I can tell you what we offer at UC Riverside and then kind of tell you how it plays into just the admissions process in general. Um, 
So first, we offer just kind of the, the typical offerings that you would think of kind of getting to know a school. So of course, there are tours available, which we're so excited that they're back up and running because <laughs> um, we had really just opened back to our students last fall. So we're just super excited to kind of getting get back to some sort of normalcy and all of this. So if you are mobile and can make the trip out to Riverside, we would love to have you um, be a part of our campus tours. Also, we have self-guided tours as well. So you can register for that online, take the self-guided tour at any time, and still have, we'll send you information on how to make the most of that experience as well. Um, we have amazing virtual programming still as well. We just had a slice of life event that I have to brag about simply because we cannot get away from our citrus puns. But also it was a great <laughs> virtual event on Instagram, just really focusing on the student driven experience. So it was all students involved, really like showcasing dorm student life, just really what it's like to live on campus. Because it's so important when you're on these tours, not just to talk about the academics, classrooms, what grade do I need to get into this school? But like, you're going to be 15% actually in the classroom, maybe even less than that. And all of the rest right. living your life, right? right? So it's so important Absolutely. that you get that slice of life from sure. that campus visit. Um, and it doesn't have to be traditionally before you apply. What I see now as a trend is students applying to those schools that they really want to go to, whether they saw like great reels on Instagram that like enticed their interest and they, they wanted to apply, or they just really have a list that they've been dreaming about and that's just what they want to do. Right. Um, and then once they get their decisions, then they're coming to the schools to visit. So we even offer those late visits for students. But, you know, I'm running a virtual info session on Friday. So, like, that's another great way to visit <laughs> as well as doing those. And then also, you know, I'm a regional admissions counselor. So my territory um, is Maryland to Maine. And so for students to have an actual person on their time zone that they can reach out to as a resource, I have Zoom meetings regularly that students can sign up for a 15-minute slot and just have that person protected time to ask their questions. I have parents and guardians join me. Sometimes I have other friends who want to hear about the school too. So really all are welcome. And it's just a great way to kind of get more of those specific questions answered as well. So we offer a lot. <laughs> and then how we use it, we really don't, honestly, um, just because there's so much great information in the application that it would really just be too much for us at this point to track that. Um, so we will have have students that show up to the first day it's their first time on campus and that's okay right. I think right. um, you know depending on the school type where it is I mean it it really just depends and and so don't feel any cert certain type of way about it um, you know I think what we've learned from the the pandemic and how everything is adapted is that sometimes change is good and, you know, right. we really want this process to suit the student the best. So my best advice to you in just the realm of visits is do whatever is best for your family, both from a time standpoint, financially, academically. Um, please come visit me if I'm at your school. But <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, definitely do um, what feels right for you. And you have, you're going to be the one who decides where you're going to live for four years. So definitely do your homework um, and, and whatever that means in, in that way for you. 
Well, we appreciate that. And you certainly mentioned the tours, whether it be on campus or virtual, or if a student sees you at a college fair. And absolutely, students, make sure you say hello to Ashley if you see her at a college fair. So my question is, if a student, Ashley, does in fact come to campus, what are the areas that they should absolutely visit? And what are some questions that they should be asking to help them determine if the school is in fact the right fit for them? That's an excellent question. So I think when you're visiting UCR, it's really to see those spaces that, of course, you're going to be learning. Um, So checking out the classroom space, especially for those students who have very specific needs. I'm thinking engineering, um, anything STEM related see those labs, get excited about the potential of being a student in those areas. Also see where you're going to be hanging out. I am a huge proponent of eat the campus food. You have to eat the campus (laughs) food. Um, So definitely make time for that as well. Uh, But I think also really seeing the the traditions on campus is also so important. In fact, we have a traditions challenge at UCR, which I absolutely love. (laughs) It's a list of over 100 things that students can participate in over the four years, and they actually get a medal of achievement um, if they do all of the things. Um, So you can actually knock some of those off if you want to on a visit, like (laughs) seeing the bell tower in the middle of campus. But some of them are even just making an appointment with your academic advisor. Um, You know, so simple things like that that are just quintessential a part of the college experience. But I would definitely recommend Googling that uh, or checking out UCR's website because that's a pretty cool piece. um, And students do it, which is pretty incredible. (laughs) But I think also just terms of those pointed questions, kind of um, echoing what I said before, just about you're going to be living there, um, admissions information. It's so easily accessible on the website. Listening to podcasts like this. I mean, making the most of your time to see the things that you can't see online. Dorm, dormitories. Um, checking out, again, those pieces of how far is the nearest grocery store to the campus? Where's the nearest movie theater? Um, go check out the local town. I highly recommend that for Riverside because it is super cute and charming. (laughs) It's a great place to go visit anyway. Um, But I think just like getting the lay of the land is so important. Um, And and sometimes students wait to do that till their first week. And for me, like I'm such a planner. I don't know if you could tell, but like I, I need to know like where the closest target is. So, you know, if that's a criteria for you, make sure you, you keep yourself organized and know what are some of those things that I'm going to need in order to feel safe, successful, um, complete in, in my four right. years. And, and making sure while you're physically on campus, what are those things you can't see online? Right. Right. Well, I appreciate that. And those are great pieces of advice. I know you touched upon it earlier, but I was curious, how many applications do you review a year and what is the region that you represent? Right. So at the University of California, Riverside, we received in this last admission cycle for just freshmen over 54,000 applications. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're, which is, we are so thankful that, you know, just, I think we've really had some great years over the past couple of years, especially, you know, my area is non-resident recruitment. So I recruit students, both domestic and international students from Maryland to Maine. Um, So we actually saw an increase this year of 
twice the amount of deposits that we saw last year, which wow, is really fantastic. incredible. So that means like, especially sure. for those students who are, you know, coming from the area that I recruit, how cool is it that you're going to have more friends who are making that same cross country trek? Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think that don't, don't feel alarmed by that. We are the university of California. So we are just a name that is going to be popular, but there are nine campuses. We see a lot of overlap with applications amongst the campuses. It's not uncommon for students to apply to all nine. I do not recommend that, as if that is not the right journey for you, both um, from a stress standpoint, financial standpoint, you know, that's, I think you need to make that own decision for yourself. Um, but sure. I, I do think that for students, it's really important to just kind of figure out what you see am I applying to? There are reach schools. There are schools that are more likely within the system for, for certain students. So definitely consider that. Um, but myself included, just to get back on topic here, um, I've read about 4,000 applications this year, just to wow. give some perspective. But what is really neat about the way that we read and is kind of non-traditional and for most schools is that I don't have a reading territory. So I actually read any application that is outside of the state of California. So that could be applications coming directly from schools abroad in my region, around the United States. So myself and my colleagues on the non-resident team have a great understanding of all curriculums from all around the world in the country. So, you know, no matter who is going to be reading your application, we are the experts. Um, so this is great too, because, you know, I really want students from, you know, New York, <laughs> from Maine to come. And so it kind of takes a little bit of the bias out of the reading process because we are really giving each individual the fair chance. Um, so that was something I had to get used to, to be honest with you, John, because, you know, thinking about my experience, I was super territorial at my liberal arts college, like with my <laughs> students that I was recruiting. And so I had to kind of release some of the reins because I'm a fierce student advocate. Um, and I just, you know, I want students to succeed in this process, but I found it to be a really refreshing way. And I've learned so much about schools outside of my region as well. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that experience. And I think it just does students the most justice, to be honest. I've been really impressed with how we've done it. So um, just to give you like a little inside scoop, I guess, of, of how we kind of divide it up uh, amongst the group. Well, we appreciate that. And I was also curious, Ashley, what is the average profile of the current freshman class and does it differ for out-of-state and in-state students? Absolutely. So the University of California, generally speaking, does have certain criteria for a California resident versus a non-resident. So for a California resident, you must have a GPA of a 3.0 or higher on the 4.0 scale. For a non-resident, that's actually a little higher, and that's simply because we do want really strong students to be coming. Um, not all curriculums are created equal <laughs> as well, so <laughs> this is just a way that we ensure students are going to be successful in the University of California system. So that is a 3.4 on the 4.0 scale. And so that's really, generally speaking, where our cutoffs are. But of course, the averages are higher. So, you know, I think to for those California residents to kind of be safely in that 3.4 or above, um, for those non-residents to be that 3.6, 3.8, uh, 
for those more selective UC campuses, I mean, really, they're splitting hairs, to be honest with you. So having a three, eight to four would be ideal um, because there are so many applicants going for so many spaces. Um, so it's not necessarily for the, the case at UCR. I think we are pretty competitive for California students, kind of holding fast at, in that 3.0. But we are a little bit flexible for non-resident students. And just to give you some context for that, I don't know in the media if, if, if folks are aware, but there have been some um, some sort of dialogue and even legislation at the state level in California to kind of cap the non-resident students, which has sent shockwaves out into the admissions world, um, just because we are here to serve Californians um, primarily. And some schools have had almost a quarter of their students be non-resident. So they kind of wanted to dial it back a little bit so there were more seats for California students. Um, luckily for us, we're hovering around 7% uh, for non-residents. So we do have the flexibility to enroll more students at the moment. Right. Of course, right. as you can see, we've already been growing since last year. So right. <laughs> you know we're going to still remain um, as flexible or true to those cutoffs um, as we move forward until we're kind of caught up with some of our sister campuses. So that that being said, it is a really great time to be applying to UCR as a non-resident student um, because there is space available. And it's, you know, still you're going to have the University of California on your degree. Um, so it's it's a unique opportunity. And I know we, we might be getting to scholarships here in a little bit, but that's for non-resident students, that's an automatic evaluation in the application process as well. So this is something really unique to UCR, to be honest with you. There's only one other campus in the UC system that does offer non-resident scholarships. We offer up to 13500 per year, which is huge. It cuts that out-of-state tuition almost in half. Um, and it's really just on a automatic basis. So if you have a three, eight or higher, you're going to get that scholarship. And if um, there's also a second tier that starts at a 3.6 as well. Um, but that's huge. So the fact that we're also offering that is a great indicator to students that now is the time to be applying to UCR because, you know, we really have the space and the desire um, for non-resident students to to be here. So I hope that gives a little insight into kind of just where the whole system is at, but also kind of where UCR is at right now. Well, it gives a lot of insight, and of course, we appreciate it, which brings me to my next question. I was really curious, with so many applicants throughout the entire United States and beyond, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript, or do you recalculate the GPA using your own calculations? And if so, any insight that you could share would be greatly appreciated, Ashley. Yes. Well, I think that this is an amazing question because the UC system, once again, dare to be different, has our own way of kind of collecting this data from students. So, you know, the UC app is certainly um, its own animal, which we will talk about further in a little bit, but we actually have you self-report your grades, um, which is really interesting. Uh, for students, you're used to kind of, you know, sending that note to your counselor or actually doing a face-to-face -face meeting, even in having all that information. Whereas this is all on the student to gather that unofficial transcript, upload everything into the application themselves. It is, however, very interesting for a student from outside of the state of California to look at the application because we are 
kind of looking at it through a California lens. So for California students, this is going to be review information. But for our <laughs> students who are not from California, here we go on a few quick tips. So we have something <laughs> called the A through G in California high school. So this would be a set of core curriculum that are basically your requirements to graduate. So for a student, um, You'll have area A, which is history, B, English, C, math, so on and so forth. So it covers everything from the sciences, the language, foreign language. We do have a year-long visual or performing arts requirement as well in some electives. Uh, so students will put from their transcript the classes into these areas on the application. So you're not just going to see area A. It's going to explain what it is, but sometimes students will see that and go, what is this? <laughs> um, and that's totally fine. And that's why I exist on the East Coast is to help translate right. what that means. Um, so this is, you know, definitely would not be the first one to gasp um, if you saw that <laughs> and go, what is this? Um, so for students who struggle to figure out, you know, maybe you have some multi disciplinary classes, you can always reach out and ask, or we have a great A through G list on the University of California website, where it goes through all the California schools, and you can see kind of what classes fall into each category. But just do your best. Um, at UC Riverside, we do have the luxury of being able to switch classes for students too. So if I see any students come across my desk, and maybe area G is not quite filled in properly, I'll just scoot some classes <laughs> over there. Each area Area has its own set of requirements in terms of years in the class. So for instance, area B is English. So you'll have to have four years of area B in order to gain admission to one of the UC schools, which makes sense. Most schools that you're going to be at, you will have to do four years of English in order to graduate your high school. So you can That's see good. how this yes. is. It's pretty much the right. same. It's just when we add letters of the alphabet, it it totally makes things like extra <laughs> nerve wracking, which I totally understand. Um, so then, you know, for some campuses like us, we're a little bit flexible. So for non-residents, we'll sometimes go, well, your, your district might not have a visual performing arts program for you to take a class. So that's going to be fine. For some of those other more selective campuses, you might, if you don't have the A through G, you might not be gaining admission. You could also have over the amount. So some students will elect for math. It's a three-year requirement. So that's area C. If you take four years, that's awesome. Really, that's only going to either boost or maybe hurt your GPA, <laughs> depending on which way it goes. So my recommendation is to challenge yourself appropriately, right? So right. making sure that, you know, if you're one that wants to take five year, five courses of science throughout your high school and that's going to be great for you go ahead and do it it's not a make or break in terms if you don't have over the the requirement uh, we do award extra honors ap and ib points to the gpa so we we do weight gpas it's um for california residents those honors classes get included because they automatically upload into our system based on our database of california courses but for non-residents it's only ap and ib so you can still indicate on your application that it's honors level but it's just not going to quite factor in because everybody's definition of honors is different. So we have it pretty standardized in California, but unfortunately, we don't have that standardization outside. So that's something to keep in mind. Again, while reading, we will think of the rigor, but it won't necessarily be factored in to the GPA. 
Uh, in terms of other pieces of the application, you know, if you have any questions, again, that's why my role exists. There's also other regionals in the UC system. So there might be somebody in your neck of the woods that's there to ask questions. But I'm also happy to help students just generally speaking in the UC system as well, because it can be quite confusing. We really use that 10th and 11th grade as the main components of the GPA too. Um, so definitely keep that in mind as you're filling out the application as well. It's also important to report with accuracy because ultimately what happens is once a student is admitted and then formally enrolled in the institution within the UC system, we will then collect the official transcripts that's after you graduate. So then we will be looking for accuracy, not only in grades, but like course names. So just be very careful uh, in double checking all of your work on the academic history section. It's going to be very important. Well, thank you so much for that amazing overview. Personally, Ashley, I was not familiar with the A through G system, so I appreciate that. The fact that students self-report, and I love how you said if students have a question, they can certainly reach out to you or their local rep. That's all great information. And Ashley, just so you know, I always include the Office of Admissions in the show notes of the podcast. If there are any other links that you want to share with me so that I can make them available to the students and parents on UCR's behalf, it's my pleasure, so please do so. So as a follow-up, how important are students' grades in senior year, and what are you looking for when reviewing them? So the, the senior grades can be a very important factor. And so what I can tell you from there's the University of California perspective, generally speaking, it is a system-wide procedure that a student must have a C or higher in all of their grades um, in their final year. And so if a student does not have a C or higher, so if they have even just one D, for some campuses, it might just be an automatic rescind. Um, for us at UCR, we will recalculate your GPA then with your senior grades. And this is simply because, um, you know, for the GPA cutoffs, for even our general admission score cutoffs, sometimes for majors, there can be pretty big competition within them. So we just want to make sure that students are still in compliance with that. Um, So all of that being said is just to really reinforce that senior grades are important. Um, This is not to, (laughs) you know, instill fear and it's just good good motivation, right? Because I mean, even me, when I get to the end of the project, I'm like, okay, we just got to keep going. So it can be really easy to do that, especially when you get nice little admissions letters and you're like, I'm done. It's like, oh no, like make sure, you know, even for those challenging classes that come across your plate and think of the end of the IB program, it's just like, whew, that is a rough one. I, we totally understand, but just keep yourself motivated because really what the rationale is, this is leading up until your first, into your first year of higher education. So we want to see that you're going to be well-prepared. And so if you kind of take that downward dive, it does make us question, like, are you going to be ready? Specifically thinking about UCR as a quarter system, where that first quarter is nice and short. Uh, so, you know, it's, right. it's fast paced. Right. So we need to make sure that you're ready for that. So this is not us checking up on your senioritis. This is simply, <laughs> we do want you to do the best you can. And so it's just really important that you keep that mentality as this is a true preparation for, you know, the next step that you're about to do academically and it, and it should be exciting. So just do yourself the favor and, and keep yourself motivated for that reason. 
No, absolutely. And you're going to continue to check on the students to make sure that they're keeping up with their academics so that you're accepting students that you know will be able to handle the rigors of UCR. So we appreciate that. And of course, a student's activity sheet, Ashley, is another piece of their application. What are the kinds of things that you're looking for beyond the work that they did in the classroom? Absolutely, John. So I feel like sometimes students can really pile on the activities for better or for worse. And, you know, I think you have to do you in this instance, but from just the general admissions perspective, what I can recommend is that it is quantity um, less quality more. Um, So what you really want to do is focus on longevity of an activity. Maybe really, um, you know, if it is in your wheelhouse to gain leadership position, it's always a plus, but not required. But just really hone your skills in certain areas, because I think that's what we're really trying to see uh, in terms of your specific interest when you come to our campus is, are you going to be not only gaining, but giving back to the experience? And I think that rings true for the UC campuses. Um, When we're looking at those activities, it's what kind of community member are you going to be? Um, so we don't want to see kind of the, the flakiness of like here or there. But, you know, we are very clear in the UC system that family obligations and commitments are equally as important as those extracurricular activities, having a job. I mean, all of those life experiences are huge. So I think for those students listening in that it's just not going to be in the cards to be an athletic team. We totally see you and respect um, and acknowledge where you're at and that counts on the application. So please do not sell yourself short in those areas either. Um, A huge piece that I I do want to hit home for students. Well, those are great pieces of advice. Many times students have to take care of an elderly relative, perhaps a sibling. And sometimes that's the reason why they're not participating in clubs because of those obligations. And a lot of times, like you said, Ashley, students take for granted the importance of working. And we all know that at our first job and our second job, there are so many things that you learn in terms of responsibility, being on time. And, you know, working with others, particularly a supervisor. So thank you so much for encouraging students to include all of those things and more on their activity sheet. Ashley, can you tell us about the University of California's personal insight questions, of course, known as the PIQs, and how do they differ from the Common App prompts? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, um, just simply because it is so different. And, um, you know, students very likely, I mean, sometimes even Californians um, who are maybe thinking both in and out of state, this could be very relevant. Because a lot of times, you know, a student from outside of California, you're going to be filling out the Common App. It's just for most the for most schools, it's available, right? So, um, you know, it's something that I feel like college counseling and guidance offices are doing seminars about, um, but maybe not so prevalent outside of the state of California is the PIQ <laughs> session, which <laughs> I, I sometimes do, right? Like there, there's a whole strategy to this section of the application, just like there is for, for Common App essay. Um, but they do have a different strategy, to be honest with you. And so when you think of Common App essay, you think of creativity, pouring your heart out on the page, like really 
grabbing the reader's heartstrings. Well, for us, <laughs> it is really a matter of a fact experience. Um, to be honest with you, I equate it more towards a cover letter to a resume than a creative writing piece. Um, even down to the questions, I actually, and what I will do, um, since we're going to have a little resource section, I'll put A through G um, on there so you can see what those are, but I'll also great. put the, oh, great. of course, um, I'll also put the PIQ um, prompts and strategies because we kind of outline it's it's so great um, but just to give you an example of one of the PIQ questions limit 350 words um, it would be what would you say is your greatest talent or skill how have you developed and demonstrated that talent over time very simple um, so I would say just cut right to the chase the first two sentences I mean you're really going to wrap it up in about four but just really go for what is the talent what is the point um, what does it mean to you um, we don't need to s- the setup of like it was a dark and stormy night and it was the football game you know like we we <laughs> that is so common up and you know I feel like for us it's just really what is the talent tell us who you are in such a short amount of time. So you'll get four personal insight questions that you fill out out of eight prompts. Um, And I always tell students there's not like one prompt that's better than the other. (laughs) So definitely pick the ones that you feel like you can write about, number one, but also like don't perseverate over that too much. Like definitely just choose what comes easiest to you. Um, That's very important. And hopefully I feel like sometimes um, for those students where, you know, writing isn't maybe the forte. This will hopefully help you (laughs) a little bit um, (laughs) as well. But I think overall, it's really um, helping you stand out in the crowd. Uh, Again, like I said, not everybody's a leader, not everybody's first chair flute in the band. You know what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta think of those things that are you that are going to stand out, Um, whether you're a great listener or you're really passionate about poetry, like those are all great things and we need to hear them. Um, so don't sell yourself short. Biggest piece of advice for the PIQs. Well, we appreciate that. And thank you so much for the explanation. What about supports and resources for all students? What do you offer throughout their time at UCR? This is such a great question. Um, Well, first, I think the proof is in the pudding because we have been number one for social mobility in the United States for the past couple of years. Um, And this, if you're kind of not familiar with what that statistic is, it's basically elevating student socioeconomic status after graduation immediately, um, elevating their social status amongst society. Um, So that's a true testament to the work that we're doing on campus, the populations that we're serving in Southern California specifically. Um, But it's really, we're a a school that is unlimited resources for helping students become their better selves. Whether I think about just the first year programs, I was talking about, you know, the dorms and just kind of that sense of community, but it's also our campaign of four and four. We want you to graduate in four years. How do we make that happen? It's in the language. It's in just the motivation of the resources that are available. Um, Orientation is a huge program that students just, it gets them really excited, but also well acquainted with the large campus that they're about to be a part of um, because we're we're 19,000 strong for undergrad. And so it's like, (laughs) how do we help our students feel like an individual amongst the crowd? It's so, it's a, a question we ask ourselves all the time. 
And it's so important in what we do. Um, so having those meetings with your advisor every quarter, super important and something to take advantage of. Your faculty are going to be there for you, whether they're your advisor or not. Um, they want to connect and be a part of your life. I specifically think about the Career Center and being an important partner to students um, because they not only will kind of focus on those career pathways specifically, but they will really get down to, I mean, industries that students are interested in. So for an example, we have about 15 specific career fairs throughout the year that will uh, help a freshman just really dream or a fourth year student connect to that job opportunity that they're going to get. It's it's a phenomenal system that they have set up. And it's not just like one general fair that you, you'll you have like the business half over here and the rest of the industries have their little corners. <laughs> it is like we had a whole public service fair where students who are interested in affecting policy in terms of medicine, local government, um, you know, immigration. I mean, there were so many different types of um, government organizations, nonprofits there just for those students um, in public policy and beyond on our campus who just want to be movers and shakers and change the world. I just thought that was the coolest idea for a career (laughs) fair. Um, But then Amazon is going to come in and and recruit not only in business, but in the tech um, sector as well for our students. So we really delve down deeply into what students interests and motivations are and connect them with people. Um, so I just think in that way, our students are, are set up for success. And along the way, too, they'll have access to, um, you know, sessions on how to write a resume, how to interact in an interview, or even just a more casual setting of passing along a, a personal business card. I mean, all of that is so important. So I think our students are really going into these interactions with confidence um, because of just such the a great work that that career center is doing open to freshman day one. So if you're going to end up being a Highlander, connect with them immediately because that's going to be one of the best decisions you'll make as a UCR student. Well, we appreciate that. And it looks like, again, you have something for everyone and you certainly want to ensure that they're successful. So we appreciate you giving the overview of all of the resources that you offer. Ashley, what about students that aspire to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known? Absolutely. Well, this is a great question for UCR because we are a Division One school. We are a part of the NCAA Big West Conference. So, um, you know, if that if you are aspiring athlete, I will say like basketball, baseball, track and field, cross country are all like kind of our more popular. We also have soccer as well. Um, so kind of take a look and see what offerings we have. But biggest piece of advice for anybody as an aspiring um, varsity athlete in their higher education experience, connect with the coaching staff because a lot of students will miss that window of being an actual recruit. And there's sometimes not a lot that we can do in the admissions process for you um, because we're, of course, looking at your ability to be an academic student, but I am a 
performing arts kid, so I would not know what would make a great <laughs> basketball player. So I think it's really important to just get on their radar, whether it's kind of sending over reels. Um, you know, maybe the coaching staff will be at a showcase that you're going to be at. But any way that just as you're thinking about demonstrated interest, I think that that is so big in the athletic recruitment world. So um, really just don't be afraid to contact, get that contact info off the website and make yourself known. I think that you got to be your best advocate in that process. Well, that's great advice and we appreciate it. And this entire conversation has been phenomenal, which leads us, Ashley, to our last question, what are the top three pieces of advice you would provide a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. I think this is such a great way to end things, although I'm kind of sad. I'm like all jazzed up right now about UCR and admissions. And I'm like, oh, what a great way to end my workday. Um, but I think overall, um, I, I think students and families, support folks in, in your life, need to just breathe throughout this process because <laughs> I think we add a lot of stress to it on ourselves. Um, and just know that there is a right fit out there for you somewhere. I mean, I hope it's UCR, but like, you know, being truthful and, and not funny for a minute, I think sometimes really focus on the the name recognition and, you know, the reputation. And it's like, you really need to think about not only the academics, but your life outside of school and like what is going to be the best fit for you. So take some of that pressure off yourself and just really focus on you throughout this process. Students, I'm really talking to you because sometimes what we want <laughs> is different than our families as well. Um, but just be an advocate for yourself and try to, to sit back and enjoy the process a little bit too, because you only get your senior year once. Um, <laughs> I think also is just to do your research. It can be very easy to go, oh, everybody else is applying to the school. I guess I'll go, I'll go along for the ride. And <laughs> it might not, what, what suits your friend might not be the right fit for you. And so really thinking about the ownership of your process and going like, I am going to check my emails, like maybe even set up a college email address so you don't get spammed every day by us <laughs> sending you a gazillion emails, but just like organize yourself appropriately. So that way you're really taking ownership of the process. Cause this is one of the biggest things that you're doing for yourself in your life so far. Um, so not to scare you, it's just really exciting and you should feel that sense of pride and ownership over it. And I think lastly um, is try the food in the dining hall because that's so important. <laughs> I'm just saying like I'm going to be on that hill forever. Try the food in the dining hall. And also, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to us admissions professionals as humans because that's what we are. We are not robots reading your application or looking for reasons to deny you. Um, obviously, I hope you can tell from this conversation. I love admissions. I love my school. But most importantly, I want to find reasons that you can be here um, to be a Highlander, to to be whatever, um, you know, at whatever school you're going to be at. Um, so I think it's really important to not see us as an authoritarian, scary figure, but to really <laughs> see us as your support and your advocate in the process. So please, please, please connect. We would love to chat more about UC Riverside with you and I just wish you the best of luck in this process. It's so exciting. So, you know, just again, sit back and enjoy the ride and you will land somewhere. Don't worry about that. 
Well, Ashley, obviously you love admissions. Obviously you love UC Riverside and you're really strong at what you do. I cannot thank you enough for your time, your commitment to our students and their parents. This has been an amazing conversation. Can't wait to have you back again. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much, John. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to learn about the admissions process. And can't wait to see you in Southern California visiting UC Riverside. (laughs) Go Highlanders! Go Highlanders. And thank you so much again, Ashley. We really appreciate it. Of course. Take care, y'all. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes.